When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, welcome. I want to say hello to everybody out there, if there's anybody out there. I think largely we're pretty sure there may be nobody out there. But nonetheless, if there is anyone out there, you're going to like this because we're starting off this podcast of mates, Michael and Tom Eat Snacks, with myself, Tom Cavanaugh, my dear, dear uh, friend. He used to be my dear, dear friend, Michael Ian Black, Fuck but it you. seems like that is over and done with. And I think that's an interesting start to the podcast, Michael. Um, Michael is furious for uh, if there are any viewers indeed out there he's angry he's cross and what's even better he's angry cross and furious with yours truly Tom Cavanaugh would you, would you like to tell the people why because it's annoying to me that I live I live literally 60 miles away yeah you live a long ways from, away from the mates city. worldwide headquarters here <laughs> yeah, in New York yeah, City yeah, 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 60 yeah. miles yeah, away yeah you live three miles away I live not even I wouldn't say I live three miles away and I live in the city. This is now I live our, on the Upper West Side. This is close. now our fifth or sixth session. Yeah. You have been late every wrong. single one. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Every fucking... The last time... Every single one, you have been late to at least uh, when we said we were going to meet. Here's what happened last time. I was sitting downstairs in the headquarters of Mates waiting for you to show up. And you showed up late, and what did you not have to get into our headquarters? Our ID. You didn't have your ID, did you? I didn't have my ID. Three but times I don't in think a I row. Three times in a row. You, yes, you were late. I stood there waiting for you in the glass doors for you to show up, and you shuffled in, apologetic, much as I did minutes ago. And you also didn't have your ID, which I haven't lambasted you for. Here's the great thing, folks. Here's what you're not getting. When I walked in. I said I, I was very apologetic to Michael. And we could tell, can, we, can we tell the viewers what happened? You weren't that apologetic. I was apologetic. You were at best sheepish. <laughs> you know, he has a point. He's good. He's very good, this Michael Ian Black. I'm going to have to um, tell the folks just what happened because I think if you live in New York City, it's, it's Monday. But it's not even like you were late. You were 40 minutes late. Can I, t- can I say what happened? Okay, and we'll let the viewers decide. Is that fair? Fine. Can I just tell folks, because there's a little body language going on here. He's picking his fingernails, all right? He's turned away from me. He's got his feet up on the desk, and he has not made eye contact once in the last five minutes. I'm now, looking, I'm looking now at Now he's you. making eye contact, but I don't it's know with what... with disgust. Uh, yeah, with disgust. So this is great. So um, so I, uh, they now have these things in the subways which tell you when the next train's coming, but sometimes they're wrong. So this train, this particular subway station said, this train's coming in 15 minutes. So... <laughs> when the train that isn't the one that I want comes along, I say, well, hop on because it's going to stop on Houston Street. By the way, if you're in New York and you say Houston, what does that stamp, stamp on your forehead, Michael? I'm not even speaking to you, honestly. Tourist. It's, it stamps tourist. This podcast is, I'm really having to pull my socks up and strap on my boots and probably put the socks on first and then the boots because obviously I'm going to have to carry the day here because Michael is so mad. I've rarely seen him so mad, folks. He's got daggers shooting out of his eyes and smoke coming out of his ears 
and here's not the, coming out of his because nose. Because here's the thing. <clears throat> can I finish the story? Yeah. And then you can jump in and lambaste all you want. So anyway, I took the three, thinking it stopped at Houston. It doesn't. I got off. I had to get off at Franklin and come all the way back up on the one to get out. Then I met Michael, and I, I, she pushed you up. I feel I was apologetic. And what was nice was you pretended, no big deal, why get angry? And you waited until we got upstairs to the microphone with our producer, Ian, and then you just tore a strip Because I didn't even me. realize how angry I was. Yeah, and now you're, you have gotten, since you saw me, kind of happy to see me, even a little bit. We kind of joked a little bit. I was apologetic. You weren't even silent. You were bantering. You were kind of, there was a, bitty, a bit of wit and repartee. And now, you can't look at me. You're furious. You're really, really, really angry. I didn't realize the extent of my own anger until we sat down <coughs> and started talking about this. I feel like you were a little angry just before we started talking, but... I was. Be, be I, was I was peaked. You were more than peaked. Now I'm peeved. Listen, I've seen you in... in I'm even pissed. I've seen you when your shows get canceled. Oh, yeah, I don't care about that. I've seen you when you, you're going to be a talk show host. Right. Right? And that fell through. Sure. That, was, that made me angry. So now you're just bringing up bad shit about my life. I'm trying to I, tell you. I've, see, I've, seen, I've seen you argue with your wife. Yeah. All the time. Almost daily. Yeah, almost. Yeah. I, mean, every, I mean, yes, daily, but I mean every time every you time see I me. Every time I see you, yes. you're, you guys are having a tiff. Um, she's lovely, by the way. But this, is mean, what, this is what annoyed me. Heading, headed down. Yeah, and I was. I hit the last thing and then got on the train. At 10.42. Yeah. We were supposed to meet at 11. At 10.42 is when I send it? That's pretty good. No, it's not. It's going to yeah. take you more than 20 no. fucking minutes Ian, to get here. And you live in the city, right? Okay. So 72nd Street, express train, it, that's 10.42 is fine. No. Look, Ian, Ian's, Ian's with Ian, me on this. Well, he's waffling a little bit. <laughs> he's not waffling at all. He's disagreeing with you. No, it's not fine. 18 if minutes be, on the express from 72nd. If you, get the, if you get to the platform and it's there. You know what? You have to account for delays. Uh, you have to account for problems. Ian's time is valuable. It's not me. I don't have a fucking job. But look at Ian. It's funny because he's not yelling at me. He can't. He could yell. He, he doesn't have that kind of relationship with you. The yelling relationship? Yeah. I can yell at you. I'm a little unclear. But it's not like... But I'm, it's, I'm, you're, I'm a little unclear. You're habitually late to things. I apologize. You did. And, and I accepted your apology. <laughs> yeah. I fully accepted it and forgave you. And I don't, hold, I don't hold a grudge. But you're fucking late all the fucking time. That's my thing. It's not a thing, though. Yeah. It's a symptom of narcissism. It, it may very well be. For, for somebody who... Or it may be that I like other things more than I like being with you. Well, that's possible because my, my experience is only with – my experience in you being late is only with me, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you're always on time for work. I am always on time for work. This is work. No, it's not. This is kind of fun for me with you. But yeah, but, but, but it's, it's a professional environment. You're right. I'm sorry. I think the thing you hate the most is when I just come up like I did when I, and I said, I'm sorry. Then you're like, you know the right thing to do is to say – you know, I accept the apology. I do accept the but apology. You, but you don't want me to apologize because that sort of makes it harder for you to go crazy. No, it didn't make it any harder. But I think now that I just said I'm sorry, you're like you're a little disappointed. Uh, I mean, my anger is melting because I because I unburdened myself with the waiting. But I feel you still want to do it. I, I left you, two hours before. No, but that's not my. I problem. left two. I, I lived. We've we've talked and about I was this a half hour early. We've talked about this a lot. 
why you've gone and abandoned the city is irrelevant. Irrelevant. It, it's your own deal. Irrelevant. The point is just the point is simply well, you're saying that I, I live sixty no, miles away. The point away. is that I build time into my schedule to allow myself your schedule, my schedule. Your what? My comedic way of saying schedule. Mike and Tom eat snacks. Michael and I go to the U.S. Open every year because we love to walk around, right? Yeah. We like to go to the early rounds because we're not invited to the later, more expensive right. rounds where the stars show up. But we are invited to the early ones on the outer courts, right? <laughs> yeah. We get, like, we, get, we get to watch guys uh, hit, a, hit a tennis ball against a wall. It's not in yeah. the actual Open. No. I mean, it's practicing for the Open. We like to call it the Open. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, if you call eight-year-olds bouncing a ball against a, a brick wall practicing for the open then yeah well i do i've learned to you know just kind of make it sound like i'm at the open because right. it makes me sound cool really we go to the y once essentially, a year we go to the y. essentially we go to the y right well there's a whole big thing where they're like uh i think in the first couple of days they have this uh, heading they don't let you see this heading but i caught a glimpse of it one on, on the on the publicist blackberry mm-hmm. which was who can who can we get mm. right because they have everybody who want, wants to come to the second week when you know, it's Nadal against Federer. Right. And it's, a, it's a big deal. We're not invited to that. No. No, no, no. Um, but we are invited to the who, who can they get thing. Sure. And we like to wander the grounds and uh, we mock people. Not to their faces. No. No, 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 no. But No, we do, we do far more cowardly than that. Yeah, way more cowardly. When their backs are turned, we make fun. Yes. And we have little routines. Yes. We took uh, Dinara Safina. Yeah. Dinara Safina. I don't Safina. know. Marat Safin's yeah, yeah, sister. Yeah. I don't. We took know. her to task. <laughs> you don't know. See, Michael and I also we like to go to sporting events where uh, I, I am very much into it. Right. And I can't say that you're not into it. No, I'm. I'm but you I, love to fake your knowledge. I'm. Yes. I think it's fair to say, were I not with you, I wouldn't be into it at all. The right. only real reason I'm going is to hang out with you. And we have a blast when we do it. Great time. Every time we would go to a Mets game, and we went to many Mets games. Yeah, sure. We, uh, we had some friends playing for the Mets, and we, uh, we would go to as many games as we could, and we would have an unbelievably great time. Mm-hmm. And since they've been traded, we, we have not shown any support for the Mets. No, I don't even like the Mets. See? <laughs> but at the time, you loved the Mets. Yeah. Well, any we would t- have a routine, and you would call them, you would call them the Amazings, and we would do a broadcast. Yes. That was kind of funny. Yes. It was great fun. It was um, really enjoyable. Uh, anytime I think you have a friend playing for a professional sports team, you're going to just root for that team. Yes. How could you not? How could you not? Unless it's the Clippers, right? I don't even know what the Clippers is. See? That, oh, 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 I know what that is. What is it? That's a, play, that's a place on Astor Place. They give you the buzz cuts. <laughs> Clippers? Yeah. No, it's a... Yeah. Yeah, it's the buzz cut place on Astor Place. Each week on Mike and Tom Eat Snacks, we pick a snack, eat it, talk about it, rate it. Now, up until this point on the podcast, we've gotten factory-made, prepackaged, junk foody snacks. Not this time. No. This is a whole new it's avenue de- for us. It's a departure. And I'm also excited about it because I have strong opinions about this snack. We have had Cheetos, Keebler Fudge Stripes, um, Slim Jims, Malamars, and now banana. Banana. Not banana cream pie. No. Not banana pudding. No. Strict 
banana. Banana. Hey, I'm just running out the door and I grabbed a banana. Yeah, and you feel good about that choice. As a snack. Absolutely you do. I think we want to portray the snacks as, look, there's a whole wealth of snacks out there. And, oh, there's and, and so many things can qualify. And we're not just in the bad snack business. No. We're in the good snack business, too, of which a banana certainly qualifies. We're in the snack business. We don't have allegiance to sweet snacks or savory snacks or any snacks at all. And a banana, as you just said, is a snack. Now, that being said, there's huge disparity to me in what constitutes a good banana versus a bad banana. And I've had bad bananas and I've had great bananas. Mm -hmm. And the difference between a banana and the other snacks we've done is that when a snack comes from a factory, you pretty much know every single time what you're going to get. It's going to be the same experience every time you open a bag, every time you uh, un unwrap. But with a banana, you know, you're kind of – you're rolling the dice every single time. You are. I, I was going to point out that when you get into the snack game – it's it's a real mistake, and, and a lot of people who are new at the game mm -hmm. make this mistake where they limit their snack options, and they oh, go sweets yeah. and salts. No, and then they don't. The banana never sees the light of day, and next thing you know, they're shutting down shop. Oh yeah, they're out. Oh, we've seen how many how many people since we started this podcast. Yeah. How many people in this game have come and gone? Untold millions. Millions. They'll come in. They'll rent the storefront. Right. Be all excited. Put on a big show. Oh, the banner goes up. Yeah. Grand opening. Yeah, big snack opening. You mm -hmm. know, and there and there's big exciting. There's pomp and circumstance for weeks, and then after a while, somebody's like, "Ugh, yeah, I just can't, I just kind of can't, can't can't keep going." And next thing you know, for sale. Exactly right, and they're gone and right. never to be heard from again. And, and we're well, look, we're not the flashiest outfit in town. I don't think I don't, I don't think anybody confuses us with like the real glitterati of the snacking. No. No, but what we are is slow and steady and consistent. And the thing that we have that some of these other shops don't have is a wide variety. We do not, as people and as snackologists, we do not discriminate. Well, I discriminate against <laughs> black people. Well, look, you're Jewish and I can barely look at you. Right. Right. But uh, I'm talking in terms of the snack. Oh, yeah. We don't discriminate because we know that's bad for business. Horrible. Here's the thing. If you were to say to me, hey, want an apple? And I, would, and I was to say to you, never touch it, that would be it. Yeah, game over. That would be, that would be the clarion call. That would be it. That, that, that would be the, the bell tolling. Right. Right? We know that. We're smart enough to know that. Look, are we smart guys? How do you want to answer that? You're pretty smart. Yeah. Like, I think you're a fairly intelligent guy. Uh, not if you believe the computer IQ tests that I take once in a while. Right, but... My sense of you is that, you know, one of those guys who, like, could have done anything, right? And, and yet chose to do almost nothing. Sometimes you find actors, you generally find this with actors, oftentimes. You're sitting beside them waiting for the people to set the lights. Right. And you're taken aback at how intelligent they are. Well, that, now you're sounding self-serving. Hey, no, 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 not me. Not me. No, 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 please. Yeah, but you're no, fucking no, lumping no. yourself. Yeah. No, uh, you uh, got that all wrong. Humble brag. It's, oh, actors, of which I am one, are no. often so smart. Come on. We've, we've all met our share of stupid fucking actors. When you're done, I'll jump in with what I was trying to say. Go. So you run in and you talk to somebody like yourself. And I'm not talking about me. Look, I, look, here's the thing. Everybody knows I get by on my charm. Okay, looks and charm. 
smart. No, I mean, it's not even, let's not even talk about it. That's not and even both pro- are fading. It's not on the conversation. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The charm, so, the charm <clears throat> fades by the minute that you're late. Every yeah. minute you're late, there goes a little bit of charm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm fine with that because you know what? <laughs> I got at home, mm-hmm. I got like treasure chest of charm. All right. I, I mean, I, I've got like in, in my armoire mm-hmm. a number that I haven't even, I haven't even looked at. I mean, I assume you, they're filled with charm. You have that much charm? Oh, God. You know? That's what comes from being Irish. I got blessed with charm. <laughs> yeah. And not only that, I'm Irish-Italian. I didn't know you had Italian blood. Oh, yeah. You know, Alfredo de Noble, my grandfather, came over from a very small, small town in Italy. Came over. Worked at the Quaker Oats factory in... Uh, oh, Pe- so you have snacks in your blood. Oh, absolutely. Quaker Oats factory in Peterborough, Ontario. Ah. Never had a car. Walked to work. Uh, had a, a, a massive brood of children, of which my mother was was one, the eldest female, and uh, and so I have that uh, I have a Italian heritage uh-huh. as as well as Irish. So I mean, you can see why I haven't I don't see cause to open a book or to learn anything <laughs> because I can just get by on that. Right. Okay. Now you. Okay. So here's the thing. So I'm I'll be sitting beside <coughs> someone like yourself, and they'll be like on their iPad. All up in arms about, you know, the WikiLeaks or what have you. Right. You know, I tell you this global. Uh, here's the thing. If we could just manage to contain some of this meltwater right here. Look at this. I'm going to show you this on the polar ice cap. And, you know, you're like, they're, they're, clearly their interests range broad and wide and they're intelligent people. And then they're about to go, hi, miss. Can I, you know, can I have a, can I have a chocolate? This is you improvising a, an actor's <clears throat> line? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, one of my I miss, own. can I have a chocolate? <clears throat> I'm, I'm actually improvising, not improvising, I'm trying to remember some of the actor's lines I've had to deliver. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, but you, but here's you, one. You ready for this one? Yeah. You got somewhere to be tonight? <laughs> now, that was from a movie called, <clears throat> I'm going to do it one more time. You got somewhere to be tonight? Did you catch the Southern Twang? I, I caught something. So this is a movie that I did called Texas Heat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I want to say maybe 40 years ago. It's actually more like 90, 92, but a long time ago. And uh, so I auditioned for Texas Heat, and I got to be the damn old lead old detective. Get yeah. on out there and find this killer. And and so what you're Get doing right now. Get on out there. That's find, your Texas accent? Just find the damn killer. Yeah, okay. Don't make me come on over to the table. I'll fuck you up, boy. Oh, this guy was a hard ass. Hard yeah, he was a hard ass. He was a hard ass. And... Uh, so I audition and I get the role and I'm in there for a while. You know, I mean, I, I've got a, you know, it's not a, it's not a small role. Mm-hmm. And my first big scene is uh, at night in the Texas heat, and uh, it's a big uh, accident scene and shooting scene, and I got to go investigate the damn scene. And my partner, where I'm, I'm like the lead detective, and my partner um, is an ex Cincinnati Bengal, the football team. Nice, thanks. And he. Uh, <laughs> He's worried about his motivation. His actors are, what's my motivation? He doesn't proffer an accent. And I don't expect the Cincinnati Bengal to have an accent. I don't think anything of it. Day two, <clears throat> we're shooting. White guy, black guy. Black guy. Uh-huh. And, uh, and day two, we're shooting. And again, I'm in the scene, and I'm the only one with the accent. And then I look at the license plates on day three, and it's Washington State. And I'm like, ooh, somebody screwed up. They put Washington State plates on my car. In Texas Heat. So then I go and I make a few inquiries after like after three days of talking like this. The damn thing be broke and we're going to fix it. It's no longer called Texas Heat because we're shooting in Vancouver where it rains all the time. Right. And we can't call it Texas Heat, can we? 
Not if it's raining all the time. No, we can't. So it's Washington heat or, or something. I can't even remember what they called it. But it, was, it moved to Washington, but they had neglected to tell their lead detective. <laughs> <laughs> and so there I am for the duration of the month proffering for some reason, mm-hmm. get that some bitch out of my room. Right. My Texas, my Texas accent. Until we finally get to the rap party. Uh, at the end of every uh, film shoot, folks, there's a, a big rap party. And the editors come running up because and the, and they, they can't wait to, to meet the guy. They're like, you're great. Like, you're – how did you what – what were you doing? <laughs> you know, like, that, what were you doing? <laughs> and they, in their own world, thought, what a gutsy call. Mm-hmm. He's just going to play him as a southerner. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, I, I can take no credit for it. <laughs> I went off the title. People <laughs> – I went off the fact that when I auditioned, I did it with a, you know, a Texan accent, and the movie was called Texas Heat. Right. And right. – the director didn't think to say, maybe bring that, roll that one back in. So anyway, I don't even know what the heck we were talking about. The problem with bananas. Oh, I know remember what it was because I was like saying we're not smart guys and yet we know to incorporate the banana, the fruit in our snack. That's what it was. Right. Hooray. You did it. I did it. Mike and Tom eat snacks on the internet. We know you have to incorporate the banana if you're gonna if you're gonna stay in this business if you're gonna stay in this game and so we waited a few episodes to start with a healthy snack now we got one and it's a classic of the game it is I it, mean just grab a banana on your way out I, I don't know how else to put it it's a beautifully designed fruit it fits perfectly in your hand they come in bunches uh, it, it comes with its own wrapper it's sexual. It's sexual. I mean, there's n- there's not a lot to not like about the banana. You're exactly. You can it's shove a banana so far up your ass. You can't. I mean, sometimes you wonder, was it not made for that? Right. I, I think it, you know this is God's grand design. It really is. Not only is it delicious, it fits perfectly in your asshole. It is just an unbelievable design. You're right. Um, the curve to it, the the fact that it's the favorite fruit of a. Of a specific animal group, right? You know, I mean, there aren't the reptiles. Yeah, the fact that the reptiles love it and can't get enough of it, and can take it underwater because it's got a sheath, right? You know, a foreskin. Yeah, if you will, and it it is uh, waterproof. It, it, like you say, it's it's God's grand design. However, you can get a bad banana. Or can you ever? And I look for something very specific when I'm banana shopping. What is that? I look for a banana that is just on the underripe side. It's still got a little bit of green in it. I notice that you do that. Um, I don't want a, I don't want a fully yellow banana. Uh-huh. Because for a few reasons. One, they're a little starchier. Two, you get them home, you got to eat them right away if they're already yellow. I if it's just got a little bit of green on it, it has a it has a touch of what I call banana tang. What's interesting to me is when you presented the bananas that you purchased for this podcast, I initially thought, what the hell is he doing? No. I, I did. Don't tell me I didn't. No, 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 no. I, 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 I'm not happy with the bananas. Okay. These are uh, – we took one look at them, uh, Ian, our producer, and myself, and the first words out of our mouths was deli bananas. Yeah. New York deli bananas. That's right. And, and these are kind of – them they're a little hard scrabble a little hanging out in the alley behind the other fruits aren't they these are the three dollar whores of bananas yeah 
Uh, the problem with them is, even though they have a touch of green on them, as I said, there's it's more tang. it's more brown. There's a there's a sense that they're a little bit, not even past their due, never never uh, reach their full potential. It's a sense that they've given up. Uh, these bananas are like, ah, oh, I'm a deli banana. Right. I'm not putting in the time. No. Why would I? Um, eat me, don't eat me, whatever. The problem is. In this neighborhood where we're located, which is where I purchase our snacks, there's not a lot of good. Of f- there's not a lot of, of good food options, and specifically, not a lot of good produce options. So I had to go to three places even to find a banana. And when I did, I just grabbed what I could. I, and more than that, I didn't necessarily think because we were doing banana, I had to find the best banana. This is just a representative banana. I think it's fine, and sometimes even better if the product is a little skeevy. Well, this one certainly is. Yeah, uh, I'm going to open up my banana. And I, I always open my banana the same way. I don't open with the finger I use my mouth. And the reason is, Jesus, the what reason is because God. if I, the reason I use my my teeth to open the top and yeah. get it started, yeah. is because I find if I open it with my fingers, yeah. what happens is I bruise the tip. Say it. Say whatever phallic fucking joke you want to say. Too I easy. bruise the tip. Too easy. I mean, that's maybe the professional comedian jumps in there, but. Leave, so you'll notice I when I open amateurs. it, the tip is intact. It's perfect because uh-huh. I used my teeth. Right. There's an air pocket on the other side. Do you know about that? No. Right here. So you opened it from the stem. Right. Right. If you go from the top, see this thing right here? See the top, the little nodule? Yeah. Air pocket. Now watch. Boom. I pop in. There's your banana. See that? Again, God's perfect creation. Right. I mean – for the record, uh, as much as I talk about grain's perfect, uh, God's perfect creation, God's grain design, I'm a fucking atheist. Oh, yeah. You don't believe in God? Not a, not a chance. But I do Whoa, like bananas. Not a chance, though? Let's talk about that for a second. Uh, I, I want to talk about the banana. Okay. You already started eating it, and you didn't even you didn't even comment on it. Because t- when I open a banana, I just got to eat it. <laughs> it feels to me that if I leave it out there even for a little bit, it's going to get black. Right. Um, and also, I kind of feel... God was so great, he would have made a banana that stays fresh longer. Don't you badmouth God. You have your own views and keep them over on your side of the table. You don't want to fucking ask me about it. <laughs> hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This now is look, not a bad banana. I was about to say, my banana is surprisingly good. It is a skeevy outside, but this guy might have been a little bit of a plugger. Now, what I like about my banana, and I think you probably have the same thing because you're also enjoying yours, is that banana tang. It's a slight tang that goes with the sweetness of the banana. It's a nice mixture of tang and sweetness. It's one of the reasons that banana is one of the perfect snacks. Oh, it's 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 de bomb. Um, it's what? De bomb. That's what's de bomb. Is that a city? No, it's a city. Okay. Named after Dresden. Hello. No, we just lost Dresden. Um, <laughs> Looking at Ian, and he's like, oh, boy, there's another city down. <laughs> another city that not only will, you know, um, not support the Mage podcast, but will probably boycott it, boycott and try and get us off the air. It's not like I fucking firebomb Dresden. 
well, no, you were too young, but I feel like if you had been old enough, I'm not so sure you wouldn't. Oh, I, I, I would have done it in a heartbeat. If it would have saved our boys, I would have done it in a heartbeat. Your, your testicles? <laughs> Ratings. 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 Um, now, here's the thing. Do you want to rate? I, I feel like there's two ratings that have to happen. It's interesting. I was just thinking that the rating of the banana is there's a There's a generic rating banana. of banana as a snack, right? A kind of overall generic rating. And then I feel like there's rating of this specific banana within the context of the generic banana rating. <clears throat> so you're saying you can rate this banana against bananas, yes. against the banana eating experience, and then banana as a snack. I'm gonna, uh, yeah, but I feel like the only one that really counts, I suppose, is banana as a snack. I think banana as a snack is the only one that counts because the people who listen to this are not going to eat our bananas that we just ate. We don't know that, but I'll agree with you. <laughs> okay. I'll agree uh, for the sake of our, for the sake of. Well, I mean, how keeping the peace? I, mean, I, I will agree. I don't with know you. why you wouldn't just say you're just doing it to keep the peace, but we'll really, agree to disagree. No, but I don't understand how someone could eat the banana that I just ate. I, mean, I don't even know how you can argue that. Well, I mean, what? This, what? this is first year physics. So if you don't want, if you don't want to, how is it first year physics? I'm just curious. You can enlighten me. You never heard of torque. I, I guess I have heard okay. of torque in the back of my say head. Say no more. Generic banana rating for me because torque is the thing that will make someone be able to. I'm just, I'm just, I'm not arguing. I'm just trying to clarify what I thought torque was with what you're informing me. Torque, all I'm saying is is a physical phenomena that allows someone to eat something anew, even though it's already been eaten by another person. I'm just saying, pick up a fucking book. Okay, well, I, I, I didn't know that. You Dago Mick, okay, pick I up a fucking book. All right. I didn't know that, I, you know, I misinformed. I thought it had something to do with, you know, some spinning. And, okay. As a generic snack. Go. Bananas rate pretty highly for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, can't, I can't give it the highest rating, and we always rate fr- snacks from 1 to 10. No, that's incorrect. I bet the viewers will have caught you on Zero that. Zero to 10, excuse me. <clears throat> we can't... I can't give a banana the highest rating because bananas sometimes are awful. And to me, there's something so disappointing about expecting a good banana experience and then not receiving it that it, it has to knock down the entire experience of banana for me a couple of pegs. Interesting. Um, but it's still going to rate high. And it's not even my favorite fruit. It's a good fruit, a solid fruit, a contender, like a perennial contender. It, it, it might not be your favorite fruit. But you'd have to agree that it may be the best snack. I mean, apples and bananas. No, I. Oh, you mean the best snack fruit? No, I don't. I will not agree with that. Who, who, what do you think the best snack fruit is? For me? Yeah. Cherries or grapes? Okay. Grapes, I can give you. Cherries, a little. Oh, bit. I love a cherry, but that's not. We'll get to but, cherries in, in in the summer. But why I was bringing this up is uh, the, the the best snack fruit is is it's it's not seasonal, the banana. You can always yes. You can always, you can always find have you can always find the banana. You can always have the banana, and the banana totes so much better than, for example, cherries or grapes or almost any other fruit. For me, the banana is a seven. Okay. This specific banana was a nine. All right, banana eight, because I just love. The totability of it. I love the grab the banana as you go. I love the fact that it's always there. I love the fact that I am very rarely disappointed with a banana. And that comes in, you know, with your selection process. But if you know how to pick a banana, generally you're going to get a decent, a decent banana. I like how f- 
fulfilling it is as a snack. When you're really hungry, the banana can is almost the perfect size to take the edge off. It gives you energy. It's good for you. The banana for me, a, a solid eight. What about this specific banana? I mean, th- and th- this is just this is just for fun. Nine. Yeah. Yeah. This specific banana was for, for as bananas go. This one was a nine. So we're in agreement, uh, maybe for the first time this podcast, that bananas are an excellent snack. You rate it slightly higher than I do, but we both agree. But that that disparity allows me to think that you're an idiot. That's fine. Will you ever eat two bananas back to back? It's a great question. Um, no. See, if it was so great, you'd be like, oh, I need another banana. Now we're getting back to the foie gras territory. I guess so. I guess so. The foie gras argument, for for those of you who missed our Slim Jim episode, is that you can't necessarily knock down a snack's value because you only want one. And because it's so great in small quantities. Right. I feel like, though, in a healthy snack, I can knock down for that. You can have two? No, no, no. I'm saying saying the foie gras argument, to me, doesn't necessarily apply to a healthy snack. A healthy snack, to me— You think that because something's good for you, they should be penalized? I think because – I think the fact that something is good for me, I want myself to want more than just the one. I want to be able to go, I'm going to double down on the banana. I'm never going to do that. I, all I'm doing is I'm confirming for myself my own rating but of seven. It, it is, again, part of God's great creation that is like, you know what? And I've got the perfect sample size for you. One. One banana is what you need. But that's a stupid argument. It's not really a stupid argument. It's saying the per- here, here's, here's the banana. Behold the banana. It's good. It's good for you. It's, it, you can take it with you. It's got so many good things going for it, but and you, you don't but need you to. But you can't make that argument about it. You can't make that about a pineapple. You can't go and, you know, I've that's designed. Why, that's why as a snack, the pineapple rates quite poorly. I know, but you're talking about how God great is. God is only great at the banana. What? That's your point. God is great at making a banana, but no other thing. God is great. That's my point? Yeah, that's your point. If you take the logic to the extreme, that's what you're saying. I think you've lost your mind. I really think you've suddenly lost your mind a little bit. I mean, I know that your this whole podcast is colored by your rage, right? But I think at this point, you saying that God is only great at banana making—that's what you're saying. I, Part of your argument I, was that God made the per, it made it the perfect size. Yeah, a so, perfect sample size. I said so. So so why isn't isn't every of his creations that you eat the perfect sample size? Because of they're not all designed to be snacks. Two words. You're a fucking moron. Two words. Free will. Free, free will. will? Yeah. Yeah. God made you. Then why couldn't he make a four-foot <laughs> banana and I could eat, you know, eight inches of it? Here's the thing. Well, you normally do eat eight inches of banana. God creates- Oh, but the tip was too easy. <laughs> what? But what? the tip was too easy. No, Talking about bruising the tip. Oh, fuck you. See, here's the thing. What I think about is what's nice is you don't believe, you don't believe in God. And I consider you one of God's creations. <laughs> and, and how wonderful that, you know, flawed as you are, uh-huh. you can't extrapolate the same kind of logic to the banana. Yeah. And as, a, and as God's perfect creation yourself, <laughs> you can't fucking be on time. I'll see you next week. See you next week. Banana Tang.